Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Signal 50 podcast for Sunday, June 27th, 2021. Good evening, everybody. Your host, Alpha Sierra 288 here. A uh, little housekeeping up front. Our co-host, Bravo Golf, has unfortunately had to take uh, a semi-permanent break from the program. Um Hopefully someday he'll be able to return, but uh, the way things are looking right now, it looks like it's probably not possible, uh, given some extraneous circumstances that we shall not get into this evening. But thanks for joining us. I really appreciate everybody uh, taking the time to come see us, and we really appreciate that. So anyhow, on to the show. Um, you know, we've had a, just a tremendous increase in downloads and activity on our um, platforms, the social media platforms, Rumble Parlor, uh, not so much Parlor, Rumble, and in the uh, got a lot of new subscribers. Uh, so we're we're hoping that everybody has a good time this evening. And thanks again for joining us. So anyhow, on to the show. You know, everybody, this has been a very very busy week. Um, it seems that everything has been just absolutely flying by since uh, Memorial Day and summer is just upon us. Uh, unprecedented heat wave out on the West Coast and everybody on the East Coast better get ready for it. Uh, this week is going to be a scorcher. So, you know, there's some good news and not so good news out there. And we want to bring you some stories here. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on down in Florida and Surfside, Florida uh, up front uh, on the program. We want to talk a little bit about uh, a Texas lawsuit involving Facebook and their responsibility in child sex trafficking and what the Texas Supreme Court had to say about that. A little bit, uh, a little bit more COVID-19 uh, information for everybody. The FDA is putting out a warning on the mRNA vaccines, the Moderna and the Pfizer for everybody who doesn't know about that, so you're going to have to bear with me here a little bit. I don't have any production assistance at all tonight. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, Bravo Golf has had to had to retire, so we're just going to move on from there. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the FDA warning and something that we really have been keeping an eye on for a while is the eviction moratorium, uh, federal eviction moratorium, being extended by a month uh, for people who were unable to pay rent from uh, COVID-19. And a little bit of news coming out of California on that. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting story uh, that we'll get to there. Um, big, big doings in California with evictions. There's, it's just a tremendous uh, human tragedy unfolding all across the country. So we'll begin at the top of the show, start where we want to start here. Uh, we'll we'll uh, discuss a little bit about uh, what's going on in Surfside, Florida. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, this, this whole condominium collapse in Surfside, Florida is just absolutely devastating and and really scary and when you start looking at at the pictures uh it really brings back a lot of very very bad memories of september 11th 2001 the way the building absolutely pancaked down um they've got nine confirmed deaths so far uh they fear that over 150 are still missing and they're still digging through the rubble 
down there. It, it's just it's it, it's just terrible. When you look at some of these pictures, it, it's horrible. So I just want everybody out there, you know, if you're if you're a religious person or even if you're not, just give some thoughts out to these guys down there trying to do their best to pull pull live victims out of that pile of rubble. And let's think of the families that have lost lost loved ones. Just it's just it's just awesome. It's just unfathomable. Just unbelievable. A 12-story building gets reduced to a 30-foot pile of broken concrete and mangled steel, you know, with human beings and personal belongings inside of it, and it's just unfathomable. So, you know, everybody, there's a lot of conspiracy theories on the internet, and everybody has a thought on what could have possibly caused this. Uh, You know, in, in an article uh, circulated by the Epic Times that we have on the screen for you. If you're watching on one of the uh, live streams on YouTube or later on, maybe on Rumble, you'll be able to see it, follow along with us. But if you listen to the podcast, I'll just uh, I'll go over some of the particulars of the story. It looked like the building was in some serious need of repair. Uh, there was a 2018 engineering report, so that was you know three years ago. Uh, It showed the building, which was built in 81. There was some major structural damage to a concrete slab below its pool deck that needed extensive repairs. Part of a series of documents released by the city of Surfside showed um, just recently, it was either today or yesterday, that the city of Surfside released the information. Okay. Is that the cause? I don't know. But it seems very plausible that this was a complete structural failure. Um. It's just unbelievable. So the further the further you dig into the documents that were released, it showed that the estimated cost of the repairs would total over $9 million in repairs. So there's an attached garage also that needed $3.8 million of repairs and pool remediation and the garage entrance uh, was like $3.2 million and... There was some major work needing to be done onto the exterior facade of the building. So they don't have an official cause, but you know this seems plausible and likely. Uh, I am not an engineer, but I know a little bit about structural collapse, and it's just absolutely horrible. Yeah, we definitely have to wait for the investigations, uh, TJ Hop says. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I do know one thing. This building has taken some direct hits from some major hurricanes since 81. That being said, that does take a toll. Salt air, salt water, wind, concrete, rebar, steel, corrosion. It's all very bad stuff. And and eventually it, it leads to a, a recipe for disaster. So we're going to have to see how that turns out. So I, I, I want everybody out there to please, please. Keep a keep keep a thought in your heart for the victims of this terrible tragedy, terrible tragedy. You've got rescue personnel from all over the world. The good news is when something like this happens, you know this is one thing that transcends politics, which is unfortunate that it takes a tragedy like this to transcend politics and to bring people together. You have a specialist team that has been flown in from Israel to come help deal with this as well. You've got Maryland. You've got 
the FEMA teams from all over the country that do disaster uh, search and rescue. You've got Northern Virginia. You've got Maryland. Prince George's County sent people down. Montgomery County sent people down. Everybody is coming together to to form a response. And I would have to say that Ron DeSantis is got a good, good grasp on what's going on. And he will make this he'll make it right as, as he will, he will lead the response like the true leader that he is. This is a tragedy. You can't turn back the hands of time, but at least he can do something and, and run this the right way. So let's just all keep our fingers crossed that they find some more live people in that pile. There's not much more to say about that. So it's very, 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 very bad situation. So I don't know. It's just, it's just horrible, but you know, politics has nothing to do with it. Thank God. So, you know, Speaking of politics, we need to move the show along real quick. Uh, as I don't have a co-host anymore, uh, or for the foreseeable future, uh, it's it's difficult. This is not an easy thing to do to put these stories together and bring them to you every night, and to be a one-man band in production. Generally speaking, uh, it seems simple, but it's a full-time occupation for two people for an hour, uh, clicking and moving and doing things for you. So, anyhow. Without further ado, let's let's talk a little bit about what's going on with Facebook. Everybody's least favorite platform. I, at least it's my least favorite platform. I ducked off of Facebook just about two years ago in total. And I have to say that my life has improved since then. Uh, I just don't get wrapped up in the nonsense. I don't. It's disgusting. Facebook has turned into just, it's a terrible place. It used to be fun. You used to be able to keep in touch with your friends. Now it's just it's just horrible. And along with the horrible, there's some really horrible that goes along with it. And the Texas State Supreme Court ruled that Facebook can be sued for sex trafficking. This article is in the Epic Times, June 27th by Jack Phillips. The Texas Supreme Court ruled that Facebook could be held liable if sex traffickers use the platform to prey on children. They argue that the social media website isn't a lawless no man's land. Okay, so in in short, the social media giants, Facebook, Twitter, and, and you name it, they hide behind Section 230 of the SEC code uh, saying, well, we're a platform. Uh, not a publisher. We're not liable for what people do. That's that's incorrect. Incorrect, according to the Texas State Supreme Court. The ruling was made following three Houston area lawsuits that involved teenage trafficking victims who alleged that they met their abusers through Facebook's messaging service. Prosecutors said that Facebook was negligent by not doing more to block sex traffickers from using the site. Negligent is a legal term, obviously, and we'll have to see where this goes. But the quote from the Texas State Supreme Court's majority is is a very interesting quote. And let me read that for you. We do not understand Section 230 to create a lawless no man's land on the Internet in which states are powerless to improve, impose liability on websites that knowingly or intentionally participate in the evil online human trafficking. 
intentionally, knowingly, and intentionally are very, very, very strong words. I want everybody out there with children that you let them access the internet. Everybody, talk to your kids. Talk to your children. I remember back in the days when when I was a child, there was stranger danger. Do you, does anybody out there of, of my vintage, you know, right around 50-ish years old, remember Adam Walsh? And what happened when Adam Walsh was kidnapped and, and we made a big deal out of, you know, keeping your eye on children? And understanding what your children are doing, knowing who your children are talking to, taking responsibility. With the advent of computers, tablets, whatever, you do not know what your children are doing. I would offer that no matter how good your kid is, it is very easily easy for a young, impressionable person to get sucked into something they unwittingly become part of. It is important. It's incumbent upon us as parents and as mentors and role models to younger people at our age to impress upon them how important it is to understand who their children are talking to, what your children are doing on the Internet, what websites they visit. And no matter how much they kick and scream about their kids do this, my friends do this, my friends, parents, let me do this. Stop it. Be a leader, be a strong parent, be a role model, watch out for your children. I'm not advocating becoming a helicopter parent. What I am advocating is this is a much different situation these days than it was when we were children. Now we let strangers into our house, into your children's bedroom. There are cameras on these devices and microphones. Communication with people all around the world is at the touch of a button. It's very simple for a child to get sucked into something. They have no idea what they're becoming involved with or who they're becoming involved with at all. And you as a parent need to understand what your children are doing. So we need to understand that. So what are the implications of this? I don't know what the implications are going to be. If child sex trafficking is involved here and Facebook is held liable, these are strong words, people. Knowingly or intentionally participating in the evil of online human trafficking, knowingly or intentionally, what are the ramifications for Facebook? Does a financial damage do anything to make these children that were trafficked whole? It does not. The damage is done. I think social media has become a very dangerous, very evil place, and it is about time that the social media platforms become, they get held responsible for unlimited and unfettered access to everybody on the planet. And there was a time when there was an age limit uh, to people that could join Facebook. There has to be a way for children that are under the age of 18 to be vetted and make sure they are not part of social media platforms such as this. I don't know how to do it, but I think that's important to look at. Anyhow, moving along. So Facebook is a garbage dump. It's a, it's a dumpster fire of a website, uh, and all manners of, of dirtbags are on it. So it's really bad. 
It's really, really bad place. So moving on, you know, we've talked a lot about COVID-19 uh, and vaccines and to vaccinate, not to vaccinate. No, your choice, your choice. Uh, we don't give medical advice on this show uh, or I don't give medical advice on the show. I am not a medical professional. Uh, no matter how many times I've stayed in Holiday Inn Express, I still can't help you with that. Those are decisions that you need to make with your doctor, uh, depending on your circumstances, your children's circumstances, your health conditions, your comorbidities, etc. It's always wise to consult a physician and get their opinion. I probably wouldn't want to go to like the local Publix or Wegmans and go get a, a COVID-19 shot, right? Uh, without, you know, the, the person that was ringing your groceries a week ago is now jabbing people in the arm with vaccinations. I think that's probably a very bad idea. So, and that's really what's going on all over the country, uh, pretty much all over the world right now. You know, and that was probably the fastest way to roll out a vaccination campaign was to get everybody involved that could be involved, even without a, a medical background. So am I telling you not to get vaccinated? No, I'm not. But what I am going to share with you folks is a story that came out uh, yesterday or Friday. The FDA has now put a basic uh, warning on the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, we've all heard that there have been some problems with heart inflammation, either myocarditis or pericarditis. This article comes from the Epic Times. It's the Signal 50 source, uh, you know, reference source. Uh, the author is Jack Phillips. It's today yesterday's date uh the story came out so the fda announced earlier this month that it would be it would add the warning after centers for disease control and prevention cdc had reported that more cases of heart inflammation either myocarditis or pericarditis were found in young adults and children after they received the vaccines which use mrna technology we've talked about that before in the past right mrna technology is is just a very different uh technology to make a vaccination it clones uh some of the characteristics of a, a virus it gets into your system and it's supposed to recognize the virus and attack it okay Unlike a traditional vaccine, uh, like the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, is a, an adenovirus-based vaccine, a lot more traditional. Uh, can't say whether it's more or less effective. I cannot say. I cannot speak to its risks. I cannot speak to its benefits. However, they're not talking about this in this article causing endocarditis and myocarditis. Now, Everybody needs to remember that these vaccinations were approved for emergency use because we were in a worldwide pandemic of a relatively dangerous uh, strain of a virus that attacks people with specific comorbidities or in situations if you're vulnerable. Okay. We all understand that. We all know what COVID-19 was extraordinarily dangerous, extraordinarily virulent, traveled very, very quickly throughout the population of the world. It started in Wuhan, China, and it came around and it just ravaged the entire world. So we have to understand that they rushed the vaccines to the market. Uh, 
there are some indications that maybe they were working on vaccines in China before this thing hit. You know, that's another story for another time. We're going to have to dig into that a little bit. You know, maybe there was some suspicion that this might get out. And I don't know. Interesting, huh? But anyhow, we'll just talk a little bit about what we do know. The warning issued by the FDA says that there may be increased risks, particularly following the second dose with the onset of symptoms within a few days after vaccination. So it's really interesting that they're pushing everybody to get a vaccination that hasn't been fully tested. You have a vast majority of the population of the United States. I think we're approaching like 80% of the people of the country have been vaccinated by now, I believe. Uh, Maybe I'm a little off on that. I'm using my own county where I live. We're at 82% vaccination. Uh, We've had no hospitalizations and no deaths, okay? So either that's a coincidence or summertime is taking care of the virus. You know, a lot of the mask mandates are dropping and everything is loosening up and people are out and about. Trust me when I tell you, everybody is out. But there are still people wearing masks, walking down the street, riding their bicycles, driving in their cars, which I find completely ridiculous. However, you do you, you go after you. So anybody that says that these things were fully tested, no, they, they, they could not have been. This would have been something that they would have picked up in, in the clinical trials. Okay, so here's the danger, right? Here's the dangerous part as I see it. There have been more than 1,200 cases of pericarditis or myocarditis in individuals who are age 30 or younger who have received the vaccine doses. And that's according to the CDC last week. Okay. So we keep pushing back the age bracket for vaccinations. And now you've got Fauci on TV and they're starting to sell, in my opinion, this new variant uh, that's called Delta. And I don't have the audio and I don't have the video because I don't have a producer to help me with that. And that's something Bravo would have helped me with. But like I said, we seem to have lost them. I'll play that for you next time. I'll have to figure that one out for myself. But he's out there and he's pre-selling this Delta variant. And you're starting to hear rumblings about it. I'm not sure about what that is, but they're starting to say this is more deadly, more dangerous. It's going to spread faster. And it's going after people that have been vaccinated with the mRNA, at least one of the mRNA vaccines, according to some of the reporting that I've read. So. Hold on to your hats, people. It could be lockdown part deux. And where they're having a huge problem with this Delta variant apparently is in the country of Israel, where they are suddenly having spikes in cases of this Delta variant, and it's breaking through the immunizations that were given in Israel. Uh, so I'm not sure about the numbers there, but I tend to believe the people in Israel, uh, the the scientists in Israel, they seem to be a pretty competent bunch of people. And we're going to have to keep a very close eye on that. The way things are looking in Israel, it looks like that country could get locked down again very, very soon. And we're going to have to see how that goes. I, I, I hope not. Um, 
I have people traveling to Israel here very soon, and if they go and they get trapped there, that could be <laughs> that could be challenging. So we're going to have to see about that. You know, you've got Fauci on TV as much as I, you know, you got to remember everything that everybody says, there's a grain of truth in it. And if there's another variant of this vaccine virus out there, and well, we're going to have to keep an eye on that and see where it goes. But, you know, it's just, it's just not good news all the way around. So we're going to have to keep an eye on it. Like I said, uh, not telling you not to get vaccinated. I'm not telling you to get vaccinated. The choice is yours. Go see your doctor. Talk to a healthcare professional about that. Just like we don't give financial advice here either. You need to talk to a qualified financial planner or a broker or or somebody who is vested uh, uh, and invested into your long-term earning potential. But anyhow, moving along. So we've talked about Facebook, and we talked about unfortunately collapse, and we talked about the FDA warning about the heart inflammation related to COVID-19 and mRNA vaccines. <sighs> Something I really want to talk about, and we're going to rip through this material just as quickly as possible here to keep the show as quick, tight as possible tonight. We only got one person talking, and it's not as easy as it looks. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Biden administration extending the eviction moratorium by one final month. You've heard us talk about it before, and we will continue talking about it until people start paying attention. This is a story from June 24th from, again, the Epic Times, the author's Emil Akan. The Biden administration announced on June 24th another extension of the national moratorium on evictions to support renters and prevent foreclosures. The measure which was imposed by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in response to COVID-related hardships, had been scheduled to expire on June 30th. Okay. The CDC extended the directive by a month to July 31st while calling it the final extension. Following the agency's guidance, the White House announced several actions to help state and local governments prevent a flood of evictions when the freeze ends. I am here to tell everybody in our listening audience, the 7,000 plus people a month that, that like, share, subscribe on one platform or another and listen. That's 7,000 listens a month we're getting. I'm here to tell you that at least the county where I live in, 49,000 eviction filings have already been pushed into the court system. And they say that only represents 20% of the filings the court could expect to see. That's the latest data. This is going to end in a tragedy. Now, the federal government and local governments created a, a, a giant problem. Am I saying that what they did was wrong? Yes, I am saying what the federal government did, in my opinion, was completely wrong to take perfectly healthy people and lock them up and shut down the economy for over a year. You cannot expect people to go ahead and sustain their livelihoods or sustain their way of life for a year. Eventually, the music has to stop. Now, 
There's $46 billion that the Biden administration has set aside for emergency rental assistance. It could be used to help vulnerable renters, but what people aren't considering are the landlords that have to carry the notes on these property. Do you think that their payments have stopped because their tenants have stopped paying them? The answer is no, they have not. They have not. This has become a real serious problem nobody is paying attention to. Now, we're going to talk about something else when we get done with this article that's very much related. Now, the article goes on to describe the roughly 6 million households that are behind on rent payments. Now, this is according to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I'm here to tell you I think that number is short. It's my opinion that 6 million is a it's a big number. It's a very very big number. And those are households. That's a lot of people that are going to be displaced through no fault of their own. Nobody is gloating or dancing on anybody's grave over this situation. This is a human tragedy that's about to unfold in every state, county and municipality across the country. The courts are absolutely jam-packed with paper on evictions and foreclosures. I don't know what to tell you. There are nearly 110 million Americans living in a renter household. And 19 to 23 million people are at a high risk for eviction by September 30th. Now, that's a study by the Aspen Financial Security Program. And that's a pretty accurate uh, group of folks. So this is a bad situation, people. That's a lot of people to be out on the streets. Think of the human tragedy. You know, uh, uh, I don't want to give anybody any credit. I, I really don't. I don't really want to give anybody any credit here, especially in California. California's got $5.2 billion. Another story out of the Epic Times. Gavin Newsom is going to try to divert $5.2 billion for rental relief for his state to prevent evictions and to make landlords and tenants whole again. Uh this is one of those cases where I have to be on the side of making sure people don't find their way to the streets. It's a bad situation. However, I, I am very much a free market person. But you cannot fault people for not paying their mortgage, their rent, because some government bureaucrat decided it was safer for them to stay home than to go to work to pay their rent. The risk of their being homeless was much less dangerous than their risk of catching a virus that most probably was 0.01 to 0.02% fatal. I have news for you. You have about a 100% chance of being a homeless person if you don't pay your rent for a year, and you are going to be so far behind, the economy took a giant hit. And these people are going to have a very, very difficult time getting back to work. 
eventually this is going to be bad. So everybody needs to keep your eyes on this situation. It's just really, really bad stuff out there. So, you know, the financial markets out there are, are really unstable. Everybody knows that. You have evictions. July 31st is going to be, you know, like that's it uh, for people. That's the final, the final, final, final chance. So I just don't know what to say about it. It's a very tough topic to face, but we have to do something with it. And I, I don't I don't know what the answer is. But, you know, the financial markets are very, very unstable. Uh, we have advised everybody uh, on the from the program here, all of our listeners to the Signal 50 podcast over the past couple of months. Definitely get a hold of your financial planners and, and get a prospectus on, on what moves you should be making to protect yourself. I know that a lot of people are making moves to cryptos. Cryptos are very, very interesting. I don't know enough about them. I know enough about them to be dangerous. I think that that's a very, very interesting way to invest your money. I think it's a very, very interesting new area of the economy uh, to look at. I know a lot of people have made uh, a tremendous amount of money trading cryptos and holding cryptos and mining cryptos. I think it's very interesting. I just really wonder uh, a few things about cryptos. Now, anybody out there uh, remember when the pipeline company had to pay a $5 million ransom uh, to the people that shut them down and held their computers ransom? Does everybody remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Now, I keep hearing that crypto, cryptos are untraceable, they're unhackable, you know, this, that, and the other thing, and they're so safe and whatever. Let me ask you a question. How is the government advertising that they got the vast majority of the money that was paid in crypto, to these people, how did they get it back? How did the government get that back if it's so safe and isolated and secure and away from the government's eyes? Somebody want to answer that question for me? That would be a real interesting thing to understand. So, you know, on that note, you know, that's pretty much all we have for you this evening. You know, watch the economy, watch the news. There's a lot of things going on, a lot on the political horizon that we'll start covering. Trump is back out doing his thing. Um, some inklings that he may be running again in 2024. I find that very, very interesting. I would certainly like to see President Trump back in office again. I really thought he did a great job. Uh, opinions may vary on that. And I talked to a lot of people who who really think that uh, he did a very poor job. I think the poor job that he did was his uh, human resources decisions. I think he made a lot of bad hires. And I think he was not quick enough to fire people. I think when, when he came in, he should have fired everybody. He should have taken everybody's resignation. And they just made a lot of hay. The Democrats made a lot of hay about him trying to get rid of people and put his own people in, FBI director being one of them. Uh, you know, so it's just very, very interesting. Uh, one, one theory that is floating around out there in the ether that I do want to talk about here really quickly, it's kind of a fun thing to uh, think about or, or talk about, is what are the chances that Trump, you know, I know he did a rally, and there's some there's some thought out there that he is definitely going to run again in 2024 for president. Well, however fun that would be, wouldn't it be a whole lot of fun if Trump decided to run for Congress? Uh, he lives in West Palm Beach, which is a a blue area of Florida. It's a it's a holdout blue area, but 
People love Trump down there. They really, really do. I think he could win a congressional seat in 2022. Anybody that he goes up against, he's going to blow out of the water. Wouldn't it be just really super cute if he managed to become a congressperson from the state of Florida? He goes ahead and he becomes Speaker of the House. We win a Republican majority in the House and in the Senate. And we go ahead and impeach Joe Biden. Who looks like uh, he he his his cream of wheat is running out of the corner of his of his uh, slack jaw. I, I can't believe what this guy is doing. I I cannot believe that this guy is the president of the United States. Um, his approval rating is in the toilet, uh, much lower than Trump's, by the way. Uh, so you know I I don't know. It's really interesting. We're going to wait and see what these recounts do. We're going to bring that to you on the next program. We're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming election, some of the international stuff that is going on. But for tonight, you know, I'm going to have to say goodnight to everybody. I'm going to keep it short, uh, keep it tight. Everybody have a great week. Make sure to visit us on Signal50.com, <laughs> us, where there is no us anymore, at least uh, until we can find a, maybe a replacement for Bravo. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, visit us at Signal50.com. Make sure to catch us on all of your favorite podcast outlets. And uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe this video if you catch us on YouTube. We really do appreciate it. And on that note, I'm not going to play any music. I'm not going to do anything like that. And uh, I'm just going to have to say goodnight to everybody. Make sure to visit POFUSA, POF-USA.com, makers of the finest AR-15-style rifles on the planet. I'll go that far. There is another sponsor that we could be picking up here very soon, and we'll have to see how that goes. But sorry for the short show. We had a, we've had some personnel challenges, so we're going to have to move along with that, and we'll go from there. Everybody have a great week. Uh, keep the faith, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.